they kind of understand their own market value on this international um, market for beauty and they think well you have to pay a lot of money for me because obviously your country could never get someone as a girl as beautiful as me or as interesting um, and in part that's definitely true Experience. and welcome to another episode of the Vodka Vodcast with me, Connor Klein. Diogwich uh, is actually hello in Irish because I'm back in my the country of my birth, Ireland. Been here for the last four or five days, showing a friend around. I left Minsk in Belarus. Going to be going probably to Kiev in about two days' time. So I just thought that I would shoot this quick episode of the Vodcast. Hopefully, it's quick and not too long. Uh, and today's topic is the internationalization of beauty and in particular how that affects girls, very beautiful girls in Eastern Europe. Some countries like Russia, Ukraine, Belarus, Moldova, the Baltics, countries that were in the former Soviet Union, Soviet Union at the time until 1991, and how the market for beauty, I think you want to call it the market, but basically how beautiful women are found, their lifestyles, and what are the opportunities open them has changed very dramatically. Uh, first of all, from, you know, obviously when the Soviet Union opened up uh, in the early 90s, having been behind the Iron Curtain, and now with innovations like Instagram and how the dynamics have changed a lot. And a lot of this, I think, may surprise you and also how this uh, affects how you should approach uh, beautiful women, whether it's online or in person when you are in Eastern Europe and understanding you know, the opportunities that are uh, afforded to them, especially by Instagram and how that differs from the kind of uh, the narrative propagated by say marriage agencies, predominantly scammer mar marriage agencies uh, and how they represent the opportunities. Uh, so this is a topic that's actually inspired um, by a very good friend of mine, Stefano Lo Priore. Abraccio uh, Grande, Stefano, and this video we had discussed, um, you know, this over a drink maybe over a year ago, I think we were in Kiev, and I hadn't actually heard of this term internationalization of beauty before. And when I was doing my, you know, I looked, did a quick Google search before I decided to make this video, I didn't see it really referenced in anything that came up to me. So, Grazie mille uh, for the inspiration for this video and we had discussed this a little bit when we were clubbing in Odessa over the summer and I did promise that I'll give you a shout out in this video for the uh, inspiration over the, the title for it. So this one's for you, dude. And before I forget, of course, this is the Vodka Vodkas and I do forget half the time to actually uh, drink any vodka. So this is not, well, this is a Polish vodka, Belvedere or Belvedere. Uh, still thinking that it's an Italian name, but I guess that's the good branding from Polska Vodka here. So, uh, we actually say Slończe in Ireland when we, when we toast. Slończe, so that's my vodka down. Of course, the Belvedere won't ever sponsor video. Give me, give me a phone call. Still waiting for someone. I have to find, actually, a vodka sponsor for this vodcast eventually. Uh, that's something I should put on a task list. So internationalization of beauty. Where does this idea come from? What am I talking about? So um, one of the key messages, um, as I said, was propagated or spread by these marriage agencies is that Ukrainian women, in particular Russian women, even though of course they're very beautiful, that they're kind of desperate for 
opportunities to meet men, that they're just looking for a good man because Russian or Ukrainian or Belarusian guys are awful, uh, that they mistreat them, etc., etc., that they're not interested in them, uh, which I don't buy at all, having spent a lot of time in these countries. And I think it runs a lot deeper than that. They, rep they represent things that they're basically poor and desperate with no opportunities. Now, I'm sure that was probably the case, uh, you know, before 1991, maybe in the early 90s when the Soviet Union collapsed, imploded, and then um, the opportunity to travel was very restricted. Very few people went to Eastern Europe. Obviously, the economic level was extremely low. And I'm sure back in those days that these opportunities were really uh, limited and that basically, if we want to call it the market for beauty, was very local. So girls in Russia would have stayed in Russia and with a very few exceptions unless they met a foreigner who wanted to take them out of the country which is where the stereotype uh, comes from of course and take them to the west with their u.s passport or their german or british passport at the time otherwise they would have stayed in russia or ukraine or belarus or another uh, country in the former Soviet union and basically married a local guy and that their uh, the, their ability to use their beauty would have been limited to that local market. Now that of course meant that if you went to Eastern Europe as a foreigner in the early 1990s you would have had basically your choice of, creme de, uh, of the cream of the crop or creme de la creme uh, because you would have faced very little oppos uh, opposition and competition is the, the better word for that uh, being a former competition lawyer or antitrust lawyer competition is something obviously I'm very very familiar with so basically you would have had a local market for beauty that if you went traveling in Eastern Europe in the early 90s boy would you have had an amazing opportunity right this kind of arbitrage beauty arbitrage that you would have had because you would have come from Western Europe with one we'll say uh, market for beauty or dating uh, where women would have been say at this level and then you would have gone to say Russia and it would have been up here in terms of natural beauty of course style and you know opportunities to look after yourself in terms of uh, investing in your beauty and um, makeup and stuff probably would have been a little bit different maybe they wouldn't have looked as attractive as they could have uh, but obviously in terms of raw natural beauty you would have had just a huge um, a higher standard, a huge overflow of beauty in uh, Russia and obviously uh, less in Western Europe. If you were to look at how we rate uh, you know, the, the difference in beauty between Western and Eastern Europe. Now, of course, there are exceptions and I go into this in other videos and I'm saying that every woman in Western Europe is not as beautiful as in Eastern Europe, of course. Uh, and I do love um, certain nationalities. You see that you see more beautiful women in Western Europe than in others. And I go into that in a little bit in a video with a friend of mine Andy gonna link that up in a card actually I think because it's inverted I have to put it here in my finger uh, about where we th we uh, thought the five best countries in the world for uh, the best girls are you can go check that out and link that below in the description as well and of course not in every country in Eastern Europe are there incredibly beautiful women so much be better looking than in Western Europe but on average there are just more uh, attractive women in uh, Russia, Ukraine and Belarus then you're going to find typically here in Ireland, uh, the United Kingdom, France, Germany etc. So that's just to bear in mind that in the early 90s it would have been a crazy difference um, because girls in Russia couldn't travel very easily, they obviously didn't have the money, uh, they needed visas really really hard so unless they met a foreigner who basically would have probably have to travel there because the internet was not as developed then it would have been extremely hard for them to move unless they got recruited by the international modeling agency. So let's look at the options of a very beautiful Slavic girl in the early 90s. Now uh, obviously the economic situation in the former Soviet Union was dire. The 
well, first of all, the Soviet Union had imploded, mainly because of economic uh, pressure and uh, the desire of its citizens to leave, well, more in the Warsaw Pact countries than directly in the former Soviet Union itself. So uh, basically there was very little money. So if we go wanted to travel, it would be extremely difficult because of the price differential in terms of going to say the United States or Western Europe. On top of that, of course, visas were extremely hard for them to get to, get to, to acquire, to go to the US. Uh, with a few exceptions, if you came to certain ethnic groups that were uh, allowed to move, same with Western Europe. I mean, if you were Jewish, then that was actually a pretty good nationality or ethnicity to have uh, in, because they were, the, they were given uh, priority to move, uh, at least they were given the, the uh, possibility of doing that. A lot of them, and of course, met a lot of them when I lived in the US who had gone through that period. That's why I'm familiar with it. Also in Germany, which I wanted to in a way make up for obviously the tragedy uh, of the Holocaust under Nazi Germany. So uh, outside of those groups, it would have been very, very hard to actually travel even to uh, Western Europe or to uh, North America. And then just, I guess, having the, the possibility, even, to, even thinking like the, the economy has collapsed around you and wanting to go and travel there. And conversely, people traveling to uh, the former Soviet Union or even to Central Europe was, I mean, a lot of people were curious, of course, to go there, but it wasn't like main, uh, mainstream tourist destinations to go to Russia uh, in the early 90s. So basically the options for a very beautiful Slavic girl would have been uh, to find a local oligarch, a very rich guy who probably stolen the country's riches, which happened quite commonly in the early 90s, unfortunately, and really messed up their economies even more. So you would have a very small group of guys who acquired enormous assets, absolutely like hundreds of millions and billions of euros. Or you basically were lucky enough to find a foreign guy. This was this uh, stereotype of the white knight coming from North America or from the, the West in general, from Western Europe, and basically coming and rescuing rescuing this girl and bringing her to the uh, relative uplands and freedom of economic freedom of Western Europe or North America comes from. But this would have been a very, very small opportunity at the time. Of course, modeling started to open up as an option if you are an extremely beautiful, slim girl in Russia or Ukraine. And there were models who started to go in the early 90s that took a while to develop. Uh, first, there were a lot of girls who went from Central Europe to model in Paris or Milan, the big fashion houses, or eventually to New York or other big modeling locations. Uh, but you see that your options would have been very, very limited. So what we would have had is a very strong local market for beauty. This is where it ties in when I was talking about the internationalization of beauty. It wouldn't really have been international. So basically, if you were, were a guy from Western Europe or North America and you went to Russia in the early 90s, you basically would have seen an enormous number of beautiful women compared to what you saw in your own country. And basically, you would have had very high status or market value on that dating market by being a Western. And girls obviously didn't have very much information so they would have assumed a western guy would have been a huge catch for them at the time i think they probably wised up that not everybody in western europe or north america is extremely wealthy or can provide them with a good home or they didn't realize maybe the cultural differences that were going to cause problems for them or difficulties for them going ahead but definitely that would have been something that I'm not old enough to have afforded those opportunities uh, unfortunately but uh, from what i understand from Speaking to guys who went there at the time, it would have been like, uh, I, I don't know, a candy shop, basically, in terms of options. Now, fast forward to today, and what has, what has, what has changed? Well, first of all, 
uh, I referred to information. Now, information is definitely very different today. Girls understand that not everybody from West Europe is super rich or um, from North America or, you know, from abroad is, is rich because you, yeah, there are a lot of people who have very modest lifestyles, obviously, and maybe even less attractive lifestyles than staying in Russia and in Ukraine. And on top of that, of course, you would have been a pioneer going in the, in the early 90s. Very few people would have been willing as a guy to, to go to these countries because it just wasn't very common. Now, today it's uh, obviously a lot more common. That's not just because information, which is a huge factor to the kind of the mainstream deciding to go somewhere. I've seen that in Kiev in the last year, for example, just like so many backpackers so coming to Kiev. It's actually influenced by a lot of uh, travel vloggers here on YouTube telling me it's so cheap, it's so amazing to go there because it's cheap. Uh, that you just see a lot of guys and girls actually from say Australia or North America or Europe suddenly showing up in Kiev. Uh, it's not so common in the other countries but definitely the tourism has increased dramatically. Uh, that's not just because of ease of travel like obviously airlines have reduced in price, uh, visa free has become common like it is a problem in Russia still uh, with most Western passports to go to Russia visa free there are very few uh, unless you have maybe an Israeli passport. Um, and of course, if you're Turkish or some countries from Latin America, that is a possibility, but in general, it's still a bit trickier to go there. Belarus has opened up a lot in the last two years. I document that a lot on my, uh, on my channel. Uh, obviously, Ukraine is visa-free for 90 days, every 180 for most nationalities from the West or from Latin America and from the Middle East as well. So that has changed dramatically. So now guys can actually go there without so many problems. So there you see it's like a huge difference from say the early 90s. So what does that mean? That's, that's one half of the, of the equation. I should say the other half of the equation is that, for example, Ukrainians can travel visa-free to Schengen. That's countries like France, Germany, Italy, uh, 90 days every 180. That's not yet the same for Belarus or Russia. But getting visas for those nationalities has become a lot easier than it was 20 years ago. The US still remains pretty difficult to get a visa from, but uh, girls in those countries can travel quite a lot. Also, they can travel to Egypt, to uh, Turkey, to Israel, uh, to Dubai, to the Emirates, uh, to Southeast Asia, visa-free for long periods. Uh, so this has changed the dynamics an awful lot. I think also they have it for India, most of you know Russia, Belarus, and Ukraine as well. So they have a lot more options to travel, and you know obviously that gives them a lot more international exposure. Yeah, it gives the opportunity to meet guys from other countries. They're not reliant on their local market, um, particularly so either local guys or guys who show up in their home countries. And this has changed things then dramatically. If you happen to be a very beautiful uh, girl from Eastern Europe compared to 20 years ago, I'm afraid about that. Probably the mom would have faced if she was a beautiful girl and wasn't one of the lucky few to have gotten an international modeling contract and actually left the country. So there you see uh, one side of the coin in terms of things have dramatically changed in the last uh, 20 years. Now that's just like kind of the opportunities in terms of meeting people in real uh, face to face or in, in person. But what has happened online? Now in the early 90s, uh, you would have probably had, because I wasn't really online at that time, uh, chat rooms and it would have been, you know, there would have been very little like information, maybe a photo and you would have talked to someone online. I remember this maybe a lot later than that, uh, these kind of chat rooms where people from different countries first started chatting to each other. It was all very exciting because you didn't have those opportunities before, but it was extremely basic and you know, you couldn't really have a real connection with someone. Some people did and I got documented. But in general, uh, that was very limited. Now, look fast forward to today and 
know, having a cell phone and Instagram and pff, man, it, it's so different. You can interact with complete strangers from any part of the globe as long as they have an internet connection. And what does that allow girls to do? Well, first of all, you have dating apps, dating sites that started already in the 1990s. And I, I alluded obviously in this video a bit to marriage agencies. That's obviously something that allowed women say in the 1990s, noughties or the 2000s uh, to meet a lot of, you know, reach out and meet guys from other countries and from guys from those countries to meet women from Russia and Ukraine and Belarus and other countries in Eastern Europe. But what has happened in the last few years, of course, is Tinder and the fact that, you know, Tinder just makes things very quick and transactional in terms of, you know, making that connection with people. You just trade your time a little bit and you can talk to uh, girls very, very quickly. Now, I'm not a big fan of Tinder myself. I just find a lot of chat and I find the quality in general very high on the app uh, compared to being there in person. Uh, but if we take Instagram, for example, which is not a dating app, it's obviously a social media platform. That is a, just an incredible um, marketing platform for beautiful girls. Um, and obviously they can promote themselves for modeling so easily. They can be discovered on Instagram, whether they happen to be what we call an Instagram model or in fact they're just modeling and looking for jobs uh, it's kind of like a portfolio for them and they can easily be found and uh, they can also on the dating side be found by a lot of guys who are interested who are sitting in a in maybe a local market where women are not as beautiful so that can be anywhere in western europe north america and say in latin america or the middle east and they can reach out to these girls directly talk to them in the direct messages and basically proposition them, either offer to fly them to their countries, which happens quite a lot. Uh, now, you have, that obviously runs the whole goal and creating a real connection with this uh, person and saying, hey, I'm going to be in your country in a, you know, in a few weeks, we can meet up and get to know each other too. Straight up prostitution, of course, which, which guys just basically offer them huge amounts of money. That's been well documented by other YouTubers about what it's like to be an Instagram model when they're not really models. Actually, I also referenced that in one of my recent Videos about why not to date Ukrainians, I'm gonna link that up in a card down below in the description where you can see what fake models, be clear not real models who actually do modeling, but fake fake models, girls that basically prostitute themselves and then claim to be models because they're in all these glamorous locations, having photos taken of themselves, but they're in fact just trading uh, sexual services in order to get to those locations and money. Uh, so it runs a whole gauntlet from that. Uh, obviously you can, you also have the in-between where guys reach out, they offer to fly girls, kind of like their girlfriend, but they have never met them, but they're not offering them cash directly uh, for that experience being flown out. But, um, you know, I'm open-minded. I say whatever people want to do, whether it happens to be prostitution or just been sponsored, as uh, we can refer to this, been flown by someone you don't know before to somewhere very glamorous, where obviously there's an expectation of, of something more intimate happening, uh, right down to just an, what I would say more normal uh, relationship where you get to know someone first um, and there's definitely no uh, very little financial incentive to uh, to hook up together or to be together in the beginning at least but I'm just kind of outlining for you exactly the whole gaunt of the things that go on with Instagram so that you understand exactly um, you know so you can judge the girls better when you look at their Instagram profiles that's probably a reason to actually reach out to me and hire me as a consultant about this I do this a lot when my clients have to look at the profiles and say hey um, the girl's not really a model this is what I think she does in reality based on what I see in her profile um, and uh, we can go through that in person 
you know you can reach out to me on Instagram you can slide into my DMs not just the pretty girls uh, that's Zara Experience is my handle or you can send me an email at connorkline at zaraexperience.com so obviously there you see just what Instagram transforms things and this means that guys all over the world can see where all the beautiful girls are by just going on to a geotag or um, by using Tinder for example as well and just you can also pay for premium services where you can see little girls in the uh, geographical area where you don't actually happen to be yourself so you can go put um, say Moscow and then basically try to connect with girls all in Moscow for example and that just transforms things because instead of having these local say dating markets or markets for beauty now suddenly it's internationalized completely not just on the kind of international model level which have been happening obviously anyways because the modeling scouts are gonna <laughs> go to the best place around the world where they can find um, you know the best models to suit the markets where it happens to be Asia, Latin America, Europe, Africa wherever that happens to be and obviously they would have locals who go and scout for them in those different countries uh, all across the world but now basically if you're maybe not nearly at that top model international model level also you can be found basically by lots of guys around the world so that's what's kind of internationalized it that's why i have the title for today's video so that there are dynamics that more or less have happened um say from the early 90s in eastern europe right up 2000s you know it started to change a bit with the internet and a little bit more travel or some white knight taking the girls back to the west and really in the last few years it's accelerated with you know the lower cost for travel visa free becoming extremely common um, maybe not so much for North America a little bit for Schengen obviously with Ukrainians and then obviously being able to go to Turkey Israel uh, a lot of parts of the Middle East Latin America as well as visa free like Mexico Brazil for uh, Russians Belarus and Ukrainians I think all three of those and Southeast Asia where it's extremely cheap so it's also another thing the economies have improved in these countries I should say as well so Russia Ukraine but the differential between that and Western Europe has has narrowed it's not it's still a big difference but it's narrowed so with all those factors combined um, beautiful girls in Eastern Europe can go easier to the West and you know be exposed to that extent to uh, new options and create those new options and also the guys from uh, other countries can travel there whether it's from the West or it's from other parts of the world like Latin America or the Middle East or even from Asia I see a lot more Chinese guys showing up looking for um, romantic options in Eastern Europe as well and then the internet just like it's like a multiplier effect because then you can be in a small village in Siberia and still be you know talk to guys online uh, and guys can find you uh, offer to fly you somewhere meet you and you can start a romantic encounter that way so obviously that's changed things very dramatically now that's probably not very good for in most ways for guys who are very um, more ballsy more brave who are willing to be pioneers and actually go to places and that would be in a way me I'm not complaining about things but uh, for example I was very interested in why of why 80% of Brazil's model come from the very south of Brazil and in fact 50% of them come from one state in particular and I discovered actually most of those models are from a very tiny part of the state uh, which is very rural so what did I do I went out there in Rio Grande do Sul of Brazil and went and saw for myself that still obviously gives you a big advantage to 
someone who's not so curious or not so willing to take action and do things that are unconventional and actually go there in person because you're going to be there in person in situ on site so going to these countries is not going to have the same effect that it did in the 90s of course it's still an advantage if you go in person not rely on the internet um, but you have to understand the effects so often i ask my girlfriends in eastern europe if i could just see their messages on their phone uh, you know i ask them lots of questions about how many guys um, solicit you daily write you messages who you don't know and it's really fast it's just the amount and the number and the way that these guys talk to them a lot of them of course are pretty sleazy and offer them straight out money uh, for sex uh, to fly them to places or it's just like hey i see you there i'll fly you to paris or somewhere else like this so they just to understand that you understand that with the internet and with the changes in the dynamics and this market for beauty or for dating becoming more international that they just get bombarded non-stop by these offers if they're extremely beautiful this is something that happens on a daily basis so just don't buy into these myths that they're all sitting around desperate waiting for a white knight to show up uh, from the west because that's you know if they were really waiting for a white knight they would have found one pretty easily already because they just get so many offers from the internet it's also uh, important to understand that I'm going to use some economic terms here that the elasticity for beauty is pretty high and that's definitely something that you're going to see so what happens when guys try to impress girls most of the time they try to impress them with money and they'll keep more offering them more and more stuff I keep spending money on them that's what you see a lot with these sponsorship level I mean we can take out the other two ends of the spectrum like prostitution uh, obviously the price of that would go up but that's not something that I want to focus on in my on this channel here is not something I advocate for of course if it's between two consenting adults I don't care it's just not something I've personally ever been interested in uh, myself or for uh, helping my clients with so uh, or you know on the, the level where you're just going to try and have an interaction without spending really any money at all definitely not buying her presents or uh, trying to sponsor a girl in terms of trying to get her to like you it's also not something I particularly advocate because I don't feel like I can offer uh, clients very much help with that it's just a matter of taking out your credit card and buying lots of stuff and you'll see how you get on in terms of um, yeah attracting someone who's going to be interested in you over the long term if you do that in general but definitely in terms of these guys who want to sponsor girls like basically take care of them financially or bring them on expensive trips buy them presents uh, this is something that you see uh, because of the more internationalization of uh, the dating market something we see just guys trying to outbid each other and what happens is a lot of girls who have maybe had a foreign boyfriend who was willing to do that or uh, maybe boyfriend is an exaggeration but a foreign guy is willing to fly them somewhere uh, they may have met them in person and but more like not they probably just approached them on the internet um, is that they have extremely high expectations for being taken care of uh, and that's because of just the competitive nature and these guys uh, I mean it's their money is their free will and obviously for the girls it's their free will if they want these resources in terms based in exchange for intimacy of some sort um, but basically that pushes up the price because I'm going to speak in these more economic terms so as the mine goes up and the market becomes internationalized then the price of that on the local market is of course going to increase 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 that means a lot of girls are going to be used to a lot of money being thrown at them and it's just something to be very aware of and that's why you see a lot of a particular social class in Ukraine in particular or in Russia uh, being maybe what we label as gold diggers because they're more 
they're extremely interested in the financial benefits that some foreign guy is going to give them. And also, and I think this is probably the most important lesson for you to take out of this video today is that because I've had these experiences with other foreigners who either came up and showed up in person in the countries and were willing to throw a lot of money at them or just online were willing to obviously offer them a lot of stuff even if they didn't take advantage of it because they thought it was a bit creepy maybe. Um, their expectation what a foreign guy um, is used to and also what he's willing to do in terms of like financial support are extreme a lot of the times and you want to understand and be able to identify at least as something I help my clients with these kind of girls who have these expectations are basically a little bit crazy uh, from that point of view if you're not a guy who's just willing to just throw money because you you maybe have other qualities to attract women uh, just be aware of that because they really have this maybe preconception of you oh you use a foreign he'll just like throw lots of money at me and bring me to the best place because he has to because you know women in his country uh, also if they've traveled say to Germany or to the UK or to Ireland or the US they're gonna say well most women are fat and I mean not that all women are from this country but there's more obesity for example and women are not as beautiful as they are here so they kind of understand their own market value on this international um, market for beauty and they think well you have to pay a lot of money for me because obviously your country could never get someone as a girl as beautiful as me or as interesting um, and in part that's definitely true um, because women are more beautiful and there is more of them in Eastern Europe than we say the West or um, if you go to the Middle East, of course, it's a lot more conservative uh, or in Latin America in most countries, maybe not in Colombia, Brazil as much, but they definitely have more, we'll say, market power in that sense. Uh, but also it becomes a little bit um, disproportionate because they, 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 they don't understand that they tend to attract guys who are more desperate and willing to pay for them all the time. And the guys who have options in those countries in general are probably not going to start throwing lots of money at them and if you are one of those guys of course who shows up then you're gonna to have to deal a little bit like I have to do at times explaining that yes I do have options <laughs> even if I am in Germany or here in Ireland I don't need to start throwing lots of money at girls in order to attract them and actually a lot of the guys that you think are super uh, hot because they have money in those countries actually not doing very well in the local dating market because they don't have say the social skills or they're not able to actually really talk to girls very well and that's why they're throwing so much money at you and this is just something to be obviously very aware of when you start traveling and going to Eastern Europe and meeting girls in person or you talk to them online just be aware of that of course whatever you want to do is your own decision with your money and same vice versa on the girl side I don't judge anyone for that I'm pretty much practical about it and you can attract the people that you want um, and the beautiful girls in East Europe without having to spend uh, exorbitant some money either uh, if you want to do that and I definitely can coach you with that in if you want and I assume if you got to the end of this video again this is a video about the internationalization of beauty I actually might make a second video about this and a follow-up video where I go into a little bit more detail about the markets and make it maybe a little bit more geeky and a little bit more animated interesting but for the purpose of this podcast episode we are done and it's actually getting a little bit cold out here and the sun disappeared after a few minutes of me starting so if you want to uh, not come here to Ireland obviously but come with me on uh, a trip and meet me in person have me coach you and help you to live this our experience I have a question for you which is what are you doing next weekend 
Next weekend, I'm actually completely free, but this video won't be up. Um, I was going to go to Kiev, but now it's postponed for another week. So I'm going to have a few days here in Ireland uh, before I go back um, to Eastern Europe and continue larging it up over there. But what are you doing next weekend after you see this when you're watching it right now? What are you actually going to do in this moment next weekend? Because you could be coming with me to a city like Minsk, to Moscow, to St. Petersburg, to Kiev, to Odessa, to Lviv, somewhere in Eastern Europe and having that Zara experience and getting to live it for yourself. Of course, as I've been finishing these videos over the last couple of months, it's not for everybody and, you know, I've tried to streamline it and make it very clear at the end of these videos, but still there are people who contact me who are not really a good fit and um, more willing to answer a few questions and to point that out to them. But basically, if you are the kind of person who buys into all these fantasies that I outlined in the beginning from these uh, not very genuine marriage agents, the ones that are dishonest, that there are 20 supermodels waiting for you on the tarmac when you arrive in Kiev, and that you know you're out of shape, 60 years of age, haven't had much luck with girls wherever you're from, probably the US, um, you're bald, you don't have much charisma, you can't talk to girls. Listen, that ain't gonna be happening. This is not the exact experience, this is not realistic. And there are those disingenuous margins who will definitely relieve you of your cash. If you wanna buy into that fantasy, it's a free world, go and spend your money on that. But that is not the Zara experience. And please don't contact me if you're like that. I did say, mentioned in the video, I did do some collaborations with some uh, genuine matchmaking services that will help you with that. And uh, they, you know, they, they don't cater to that fantasy, but they will help you meet someone probably in a more suitable uh, age demographic and uh, maybe looks uh, level. Uh, and you can definitely meet very honest women, uh, maybe in their 30s and 40s, if you know. And I feel like that's more realistic. So don't write me, go check out the videos that I have linked below for that. Also, if you are, you know, a lot younger than that, but not very experienced with women, uh, or you just want to bang lots of chicks, you're not really interested in quality. You couldn't care less if the girl is a supermodel versus a very average looking girl from, I was going to say baden Bad. Now, why do I pick in Baden-Baden? But somewhere in uh, Western Europe or North America, just very average, a plain Jane kind of type, but you're just interested in getting more notches on your belt and basically sleeping lots of girls, no matter what they look like. You're not the kind of person that I want to help uh, to be very blunt about it. I want to help guys that are interested in developing themselves and aiming to meet beautiful, interesting women. And that's basically what I'm interested in. I think that's why I enjoy helping those clients and seeing them succeed. So if you are the kind of guy who wants to date the most beautiful, uh, the most interesting women in East Europe, and you're willing to develop yourself so that you're worthy to date these girls, then I'm speaking directly to you and you should Go to the description of this video and go click on the questionnaire. Now, in the previous videos, of course, I said write me a message either on my Instagram, that's Zara Experience is the handle, or ConnorKlein at ZaraExperience.com. Of course, you can still do that. I will just send you the forum because I've just put all the questions that I felt were the most pertinent uh, to see if it's a good fit for us to work together. I appreciate your time as I'm sure that you would appreciate mine and uh, I don't want to waste it unnecessarily if it's not really a good fit for both of us to work together. Um, but if you are that guy who wants to date the most beautiful women in Eastern Europe and you want to put, the, put in the time and effort and be coachable from me so that you are actually worthy of dating these girls, then definitely go and click on that link in the description below in this video on YouTube or write me a message um, if for some reason you can't get down into the description and click it and fill it out uh, and I will send it to you. And then if 
um, having read your answers, I think it's a good fit for us to work together potentially. We're going to jump on a short um, strategy call together. We're going to go into the details of how we make it work uh, between us. And if we're both, you know, if I'm convinced that you're a good fit to come and live this our experience with me and it also suits you, obviously in terms of timing, um, you know, cities we're going to go to, um, budget, then we're going to make it happen and it could be you. It will be you if you pass this uh, vetting procedure. You will be in Eastern Europe with me, living the Zara experience. You're going to hang out with my crew. You're not going to have any problems with like having to travel on your own, spending a week figuring out where everything is, where all the cool places are. I'm going to be coaching you, helping, making sure you develop uh, in terms of your coach of your dating skills with women in Eastern Europe. And we're just going to have an unforgettable time together. That's why I started off in this service. Uh, it gives me just amazing pleasure when I see the faces of my clients when we've had an absolute monster weekend together uh, in terms of them coming to a city like Minsk or Kiev or Odessa or St. Petersburg and just getting to live that and me being able to help them make that experience just so much better than it would have been uh, without my help. That's why I do it. So looking forward to your message. Uh, this is a very special video because I shot in Ireland and um, Surprisingly, the weather's been pretty good and actually I was in the city where I grew up in Galway and uh, the girls were actually a little bit better looking than I expected. So maybe I'm actually going to go out and see. Uh, not all of them are Irish to be clear. We have a lot of uh, immigrants actually from Eastern Europe here. Um, not really from Russia or some from the Baltic. Some are so Russian speaking but actually a lot from Romania or from Poland for example. So I'm going to go into town with uh, an old friend of mine from university and we're gonna see what is knocking about and, and check it out. Uh, I will see you in the very next video. I think probably at this stage when this goes out you're gonna have seen my Odessa summer video uh, from 2020 summer Odessa vlog. Go check the one out if you haven't seen it but the next one is almost certainly gonna be from Belarus. That's where I'm gonna go back to uh, but Keep your eye out for lots of videos coming from Russia. Russia has liberalized its visa policy over the last year and it's going to get better, it uh, looks like, going forward. So we're going to make a lot more content from Russia and looking forward to making lots of videos, actually exploring it because I only know St. Peter's, Moscow and Kaliningrad. I'm going to be back to those countries first or those cities first in Russia and making some travel, more travel vlogs there. I did do one from St. Petersburg earlier in um, the summer for the White Knights. That's also something that maybe you want to uh, drop me a message about because I'm going to offer that for next summer to actually live the desired experience in the White Knights. So if you are very interested for already thinking ahead, it's a good few months, definitely go and write me a message at ConnorKlein.ZaraExperience.com or on my Instagram at ZaraExperience uh, Zara, Zara is my handle there. I will see you in the very next video, wherever it happened to be, wherever you're watching it from. Slonlat, which is goodbye in Irish because I'm back in Ireland. This for Dania. See you in the next one. Ciao, ciao. Sar experience.